0: So I'll tell you for the longest time I got Raising Arizona and Leaving Las Vegas uh, mixed up, just kinda they blended together. I'd nice. never seen either, but they have such similar names. Something name in in you know, a, a place in the southwest, you know. Also Nate Cage. Oh, is he in leaving Las Vegas? I don't know anything about leaving yeah, Las Vegas. I thought that's, I thought you were <laughs> I thought
1: that's what were. he was making it note, but it's a geographical
0: thing for him. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
2: I thought you were fucking with me the other day because, like, man, I gotta watch Leaving Las Vegas. I'm like, raising oh, I
0: was 100% fucking with you, but yeah, it's still a thing. Okay. Sometimes <laughs> well,
2: I just don't know. You just got me. I
0: don't, I don't want to be rude or nothing.
1: Look, it, it doesn't matter. None of this, none of this matters.
0: Ah, beards and Bruise, We're doing Raising Arizona. It's a good movie. From the Coen Brothers. Another Coen Brothers clip.
2: Nothing like them Arizona raisins. Get you going. Do they,
0: do they have? I guess they do. They they have grapes. So they gotta have raisins.
1: Look, all I know is this is by far above and beyond anything else Nicolas Cage has ever released. This is his (laughs) masterpiece. If you only have to watch one movie with Nick Cage, this is it for me.
2: I mean, he has this really... Nick Cage has this, like, really sharpened talent to play white trash.
1: It's so fucking good. He is so eloquent that it's ridiculous
0: no actually <laughs> on like page I don't know 8 of my notes I actually write down oh I get why people like Nick Cage now cause like he's, <laughs> he's fucking charming in this role
1: he's so yeah, he's hilarious he's,
0: see, Nick weird. Cage is kind of like one of those guys like uh, sorry for going back to Keanu Reeves just one of those guys that people love and I don't know why but I kind of get it now
2: Keanu Reeves is like a humanitarian all around nice guy Where's Nick Cage is just a hot mess, but damn, is he charming.
1: What are you, what are you doing over there, Nick Cage? Cocaine and still in the decoration of independence. while pretending to be elves. <laughs> just, yeah.
0: By the way, this is 1987. He was, uh, I believe, actually credited as Nicholas Coppola in this.
2: Yeah, that's before he changed his stage name. He tried, to, he tried his best to get away. He is a Coppola, like Francis Ford Coppola. I think he's like his grandson or grandnephew, something like that.
0: He's trying to make his own
2: name.
0: So
1: this movie is told mostly through uh, cutaway exposition bits, and to me these are all very, very good. They're extremely well written. Uh, The foul language is nigh not even there.
2: Yeah, for a movie about, well basically, kidnapping, it's a very family-friendly movie.
1: Yeah, they, yeah but they still get away with so many, like, background adult themes and crazy things. But you're just swept away in the charm of these eloquent rejects. Like, they're all just these people who are ridiculously broken in some manner, but they all present themselves as somewhat extremely well-educated and
2: it's calm. Like,
0: Kinda, yeah.
2: It's like, they're, they're, they're like um, trailer trash with morals.
0: Or trailer trash that somehow has a really big vocabulary.
1: That's it. Yeah, like, (laughs) you know, daddy used to punish us by making us go to the corner and read the thesaurus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My seventh grade class was entirely crossword puzzles. (laughs) 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 But yeah, pretty much the main character, H.I. McDonough. I guess he goes by hi. I don't know. Yep. Uh, played by Nicholas Cage, he's uh, you know, he's in prison, he gets paroled, he does something stupid, goes back to prison, gets paroled again, you know, one of those guys.
2: He's he's one of those guys that is completely aware of just who he is, but you know, he just has to go through the motions. Like when he's at his parole hearing, he's like, are you telling us what we want to hear? He's like, no, sir. He's like, well, we want you to tell the truth. Then, yes, sir, I was telling you what you want to hear. And they're just like, ah, this guy, just get out of
0: here go on you little scamp get it get, yeah get, get back yes, out sir. there and
1: work it. I understand now thanks to you okay then <laughs> it's
2: almost like overcalculated.
1: and I love that this is also how they set up the main plot and love interest of this every time he goes into jail he has to get his mug shot and there's Edwina Ed he's you know always there waiting on him turn to left <laughs> And they would always turn and do some nonsense. But did you guys catch the little bit in the back with the guy who's always like, "Don't forget the the phone call, Ed." Just always yes. with the, forget the add-ons. Yeah, I like that. Even during the wedding, he's like, "Don't forget the bouquet,
0: Ed."
2: <laughs> Just well, he like at this point he knew everybody. Like when he came in to finally like propose to her, like the yeah. guy getting his picture taken. He's like,
0: "Hey, hi, howdy, Kurt."
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh, Edwina's man has left her, and Hi has been. Somewhat wooing her in and out of jail,
0: you know, every eight to twelve months. Right. Oh, I feel man. like they've just been like very passively flirting over the course of like I don't know several years. Yeah,
2: it's kind of like one of those things that just like sit on the back burner, but all of a sudden the house is on fire.
0: And I, I, I gotta say, I get it. Ed is adorable, I'm like a Sally Field and a Prime thing going on here. I like it. Get at me.
2: I want to call it Southern Belle. <laughs>
1: I don't know why that should, like tickled me. But he's got a lot of really good lines in the uh the prison bit, like especially whenever he comes in to do his like uh real true wooing. That that's one of my favorite bits when uh Ed is crying and he comes in and she's he's like, "Well, what's the matter, Ed? My fiancé don't left me." And then he the goes, goes is my fiancé. And he goes into this big spiel about, you know, tell him to come on down here to Maricopa County, maximum security, whatever, correctional facility for men, State Farm Road, Tampa, Arizona, I'll be waiting. (laughs) He's just like, what the fuck is this dude doing?
2: Yeah, it's being taken away.
1: Yeah, it's so fucking good. They do a fingerprint proposal and, you know, the future is only eight to 14 months away. The lines they have here are so fucking good.
0: It very much reminds me of Old Brother Where Art Thou. Like, they've come a long way They uh, from, what, 1987 to, what, 2001 or so? Like They came a long way, but it still has that, like, Coen Brothers... I know it's southwest, but it feels more like the Deep South kind of feel.
2: Yeah, you and I had um, discussed this a little bit, how this is definitely... It feels like a Coen Brothers movie, but it's not quite refined. Like, this is definitely just, like, them just, like, getting on their horse for the first time.
0: Yeah, they haven't quite sanded down everything yet. The corners aren't quite uh, round yet, uh, mm. you know.
2: I like. But it's, I think it's the, definitely
0: Coen Brothers.
2: Now, this isn't, like, a detractor or anything, but this movie definitely feels like a fan-made Coen Brothers, like, tribute movie. Because it's, like, almost there. It's still good, but it's not as, like... Great at these are later films. It's still a little rough around the edges, like you said.
0: So, Hi and Ed get together. You know, they they get they get hitched. I guess. I Yes. Say. They get hitched.
2: And they immediately start pounding it out.
0: They do start pounding it out because Ed feels like having a critter is the next logical step. <laughs> I thought she <laughs> was talking about a dog, but evidently, baby is also a critter.
1: This shit was so good. You know, with the whole, we're trying on this day, and then on the days that don't end with, with with why, we're trying too, That was a lot of fun. And then whenever she has to pull up in the driveway with the sirens on, and she's already just soaking wet-faced, and <laughs> <laughs> cocked back, mouth agape, can't choke the words out, and he's like, what's the matter, baby? And she's like, ha, I'm
2: burned! <laughs> can't we just talk about her ugly cry and how fucking great it is? Yes. Like, I know you and I, Brady, we talked about it from time to time, how she goes from zero to a hundred immediately, and she's yeah. disgusting.
1: But it's so fucking perfect for the movie, because she has this grimace that she can make, too, that's fucking perfect, because it's just grimace to ugly
0: cry, immediate.
2: I <laughs> love <laughs> so much! God, so good. And you
0: still have these lines that, for whatever reason, still remind me of Old Brother, Where Art Thou? Like... My seed could find no purchase.
1: <laughs> now, speaking of the old brother where Arthur, whenever uh, his two buddies break out of prison, the first thing they do is they style their hair with some pomade.
0: I noticed that. What is with the Cohen brothers and this pomade? I uh, not a
2: clue. It's kind of like um, Quentin Tarantino and those apple cigarettes or whatever.
0: Or Quentin Tarantino and feet. <laughs> no. <Nope>. Fuck!
2: But... <laughs> Why does it have to keep coming back? Don't we have like other inside shows instead of gross ass Quentin Tarantino and his big ass Hey
0: <laughs> Hey H- <laughs> Travolta, get at us with this H.J.
1: No. Oh. If we missed that train. Choo-choo,
2: oh. one, two, three, Palom.
1: Oh no, no, no! Choo-choo!
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it, the lines in here are so fucking good. Especially whenever, uh, you know, they're trying to have the kid, they can't have the kid. Things start falling apart, the salad days are over, and he, you know, he's feeling this pressure. He says, "I even caught myself driving by convenience stores that weren't on the way home." <laughs> just like what
2: the oh, yeah. fuck? Yeah, what was the name? What was the name of the uh, the convenience store that he always robbed or whatever? That, uh, you know, like, something maybe.
1: No, it was like Corner Mart or Shop Mart, something real generic.
0: Yeah, like S Mart or something.
1: Yeah, but he robbed the same fucking one every
0: time. <laughs> yeah, it's like fucking S- early Kyler and Squid just like. <laughs> <laughs> Goes in with a gun. All right, Early. I'm not Early. We still want Tuesday night? Well, of course, Earl. And he's like, all right, then. <laughs> he walks out the door. If there's one thing about the Coen brothers, they can write some fucking dialogue.
2: I think they just write people first and just situations later. Because I feel like they just like, they almost ad-lib. Like, whose line is it anyway? Like, oh, time, place, what are they doing? And then they just write what they're saying.
1: It works. It's a lot of fun. And I mean growing up, I've watched this movie a fucking million times, and the music for it's always stuck with me. So many of the lines have stuck with me, because it's like exposition dump that is eloquent so you listen to it, because it's always read so calmly. Oh, It's almost like a David Attenborough effect. You kind of want to listen.
2: Planet Earth just with hillbillies.
1: Yeah, and then all of a sudden it goes from like this beautiful exposition into just madness. (laughs) And you're like, oh, okay.
2: You might agree with me. You've seen it a bunch of times. So, watching this... There's even a reference to it, how, um, Nick Cage's character has the Roadrunner tattoo on his forearm. So, yeah. a good portion of this movie reminded me of, like, a really classic Looney Tunes setup. Like, when later on, uh, Nick Cage, uh, goes for the baby or whatever. Like, that whole thing, when chaos starts to ensue, it's like a cartoon. Wait, oh, is yeah, that the Roadrunner? Oh. On their
0: arms? I wrote down Woody Woodpecker. I could've sworn it was, uh, the Roadrunner. You're probably right. I I
2: don't know. I think
1: Chandler's right. I think it's the, uh... I think it's fucking Woody Woodpecker. Hmm. But either way, all of those cartoons were that same thing. They were, like, you know, slapstick comedy.
2: Yeah. Even, like, uh... We'll discuss it later on. He's being chased, and he has, like, that, uh... That panty on his head. Oh my god! And the car's uh, being driven at him, and he, like, springs up in front of the camera, just like, whoop! and his little panty or whatever flops
0: over like it's a...
1: Yeah. I don't know. At any moment, he just look at the camera and go, meet me, and take
2: off.
0: Yeah. yeah. So just to catch the audience up, uh, pretty much, they uh, Ed is barren. We've covered that. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so, um, nice, stressed tight, so it's just to like, sorry driving that home. But uh, we get news come across the, the news line, the uh, the news, that the Arizona Quints have been born. Who are the Arizona Quints?
1: Why, they are the children of Nathan, Arizona. And everybody knows him.
2: Yeah, he's got that unpainted Arizona chain of places where he can buy furniture. That's unpainted.
0: Well, he and his wife have recently, after, I guess, years of trying, finally uh, finally got lucky, finally had a child. Not just one child, but fucking five of them. Oh, man. It was uh, Harry, Barry, Gary, Larry... Yeah, the and Nathan,
2: Nathan Jr. That's, that's five, you got him. Yeah. That's like Inky Blinky Pinky and Clyde.
0: That's exactly what I have written down, actually. <laughs> no, no joke.
2: Oh, the ghosties.
0: <laughs> that's a Pac-Man reference for you.
1: But all of that takes place before the movie even technically starts. Now we're greeted with the fucking title screen.
2: The prologue in this movie does take a while. Like it was like ten minutes in before we actually get the title crawl.
1: Yeah, and we're immediately yeah, in. that yodeling.
2: No, woo-woo. it's almost like that uh, country song from Mars Attacks.
1: <laughs> yes, but more fun.
2: More fun <laughs> got than that. Got that wacky banjo in there.
1: Yeah, it's it's very upbeat. Kind of makes you like, ye, happy.
2: And just like a lot of things in this movie, that song is just like hard cut in there. Like soon as as soon as chaos ensues, just you know yeah
1: but it's fucking perfect i love it they really knocked it out of the park with this in my opinion so right after the title crawl there we get to see hi fucking tiptoeing upstairs grabbing up different babies but he can't choose which one and they start running the muck
2: yeah it just turns into like this weird like almost a game or whatever. Like, these babies clearly don't have any means to get too far away from the crib, but suddenly they're just, like, everywhere.
0: Yeah, it's ab- Every absolutely game a game of collect all the babies, and once you've collected, you know, <laughs> two or three of the babies, one of the babies just gets so far away that you're like, fuck, let's just leave that one.
2: How do I <laughs> hold all these babies?
0: I got all these babies and only two hands.
2: Yeah, like he, um, one escapes under the crib, so he crawls under it, which this whole thing reminds me of Looney Tunes. And as he's doing that, one falls out of the crib onto him.
1: Oh, that was missing was like a cymbal crash.
0: Yeah. And the parents are downstairs like, Oh, what was that thump? Then oh, must be nothing.
1: <laughs> the place up there, that's natural.
2: I like how it goes from like, huh, what's that noise? To them just staring at the ceiling, wondering what the fuck's going on. <laughs>
1: Needless to say, when they enter the room, all the babies are sitting there quietly through the tick-tock of a grandfather clock.
0: Hi goes back to the uh, to Ed. He's like, "I'm sorry, honey. It just didn't work out."
2: You get back in there and you get me a baby.
0: You go back, <laughs> get me a baby.
2: And she goes as far as like rolling up the window and everything. Just like, okay.
1: Yeah, she she said her piece and counted to three.
2: Oh yeah, it's dang it, it's good. Yeah.
0: So he he shuttles back up that ladder grabs uh, Nathan Jr., I think, and the instruction booklet written by Dr. Just
2: Spock. Instructions. And that's a really good returning gag. Like, every time the baby changes hands, like the little t- instruction manual has to come with it, just in case.
1: Yeah. Everybody taking the baby has no clue what to do with the baby. Yeah,
0: They're just they like, got yep, that, that Dr. Dr. Spock book. Thank God.
1: Grab <laughs> the book. So he comes back out, and I love that he's sitting there with the with the baby, and he hands it to uh, to Ed, and she's looking at it. He goes, well, or she goes, which one is it? And he goes, I don't know. I think I think it's Nathan Jr. I got the best one.
2: <laughs> yeah, like he just like felt up a bunch of avocados at the grocery store and brought home what he thought was the best one.
1: Yeah, and then like we discussed that ugly cry. I
0: love him so much. Just crying. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it just goes crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say despite his criminal past and Ed being an actual police officer, I think... I think High might actually be the more mentally well one of the two.
2: For real. I mean, um, Ed, you could see it in her eyes. She's totally just like on the far side of the moon at the moment, especially when it comes to the kid.
0: Yeah, so they take Nathan Jr. back home, and, you know, they...
1: They celebrate, and then they go to sleep. Well, yeah, first they, they like want little...
0: to make sure that he knows no more than two hours of TV a day, and it's got to be either educational or football,
2: you know. I forgot what he said after that, but it had like a really good comment. He's like, you don't want to ruin the finer things in life or something like that.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. I completely forgot a scene, and I don't want to forget this. So, after, you know, right before they bring the baby into the actual house, she tells hi to go clean it up. He goes running into the bedroom, starts knocking everything around, takes his nudie mags, <laughs> takes a look at it, throws it under the mattress, walks out of the room, has to storm back in the room begrudgingly open it again, take a big long look and be like, oh, like it pained him so much to close it up and shove it under the bed.
2: <laughs> has this, like this last little bit of almost single civility. You guys, all why has.
0: is High my stepdad? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: so the next thing we know, uh, we have uh, Dan Connor again. Uh,
1: <laughs> Gale and Eble.
0: Yeah, we, yeah we whatever
2: their names like these. are. Yeah, we we should point out, like, these are guys that um, High had just hung out in prison with, and they're they're good buds, you know? They're kind of like, well, they've been in prison on and off for, like, who knows how long.
1: We're introduced to their sense of humor uh, also super early on whenever, you know, they're in therapy, and the guy's like, well, y'all need to stop robbing places. And they look at each other and goes, well, work's what's kept us happy. <laughs>
2: just. <laughs> it's just, their characters are just like... Basically, dumb and dumber, though. It's kind of crazy. Like, John. John Goodman. I oh, don't even. What's his real. Like. Air, air, whatever. Like, he's John. Yeah, he's just yeah. like the loud but smart one, and the other one's kind of like. They're just like. Subtle,
0: but like. <laughs>
1: just John, the such dumb one. There's John a loud.
0: John has <laughs> got some badass chops in this, though.
1: Yeah, he does. Looking like Meat Loaf in uh, Rocky Horror.
2: Oh, God. What like the
0: hell? But at this point, we see, uh, you know, there's a big rainstorm coming through the Arizona desert, I guess, because that happens frequently. And uh, Dan Connor is coming out of the this big pit of mud. They're being burst like,
1: by the Earth
2: po- herself.
0: Yeah, at this point, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Why is he just coming out of this mud yelling? What is yeah. going on?
2: In the middle of that storm, Meatloaf frame popped out of the <laughs> Earth.
1: <laughs> he sure as fuck didn't come out clean though, and I love oh, that he no. reaches back in the hole and picks out Ebbel with one arm by the leg, screaming.
2: They—they're just screaming, just like a h h h h h h h, just like yelling at the moon.
0: Yeah, they do that again, the again a little bit later too, where they're just like no reason. I mean, there's a reason, but just yelling for like five minutes at a time, just with no stop.
2: Just I mean, yelling to yell. It tickled me, especially later on, because John Goodman was just, like, punching the roof of the car all pissed off at himself.
0: (laughs)
1: Ah!
0: It's It's so good. They should should put that guy in a Blues Brothers movie. Oh.
1: (laughs) Radio edit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So once they get out and, you know, do the the things that they gotta do, first of all, like uh, pomade their hair, they're still fucking covered in mud. They uh, they go to visit their, their good old friend, uh, High.
1: I was surprised that, number one, they knew where High was. But hey, whatever.
2: There's a lot of convenience in this movie if you think about it, but I really don't want to. Because this movie's a really good time.
1: Oh, yeah. It, you've got to really let it be like, why? Because plot, okay. <laughs>
2: yeah, just like, <laughs> don't worry point. about it. Yeah, so, like, just let Nick Cage, just let him be wacky. You know, he's he's trying.
1: So how'd they get there so quick? Hey, I'm going to need you to get off my back about that. All right, consider me all the way off that thing.
2: There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so why's good friends just got out of the joint? Oh, uh, they were released? No, they released themselves on our own reconnaissance. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, at least they're honest.
0: Right.
1: Now, from the get-go, Ed does not like these two, and they have some really fucking funny exchanges.
0: Well, I don't Do- blame her. Getting all that mud right on that new sofa?
2: And apparently they had nicked some kind of, like, sewer system or whatever on their way out, so they just smelled like S-H-I-T-E.
1: Next we get introduced to the big, I guess, the antagonist of this film, maybe?
0: I don't know, he might be. Ghost Rider? You talking about Ghost Rider? Oh, yeah, yeah, Mad Max? Uh,
1: That is is the warthog from Hell.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
2: Don't you mean the guy that uh, Ace Ventura bamboozled with his package at the beginning of that movie? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, for the first half of my notes, I refer to him as Ghost Rider, and then for the second half, I refer to him as the Road Warrior, so he's one of the two.
1: I
2: mean, I mean, I'll more. He does leave a trail of fire. Yeah, as soon as I saw that, I had to rewatch I was like, wait, what? Are you fucking serious? Did this, like, predict the future or some shit? It's foreshadowing! He I was
1: especially hard on the little things. <laughs> he throws a grenade at the bunny.
2: Takes out his uh, sawed-off shotgun, blows away like a little lizard.
1: Just so mean.
0: Either way, this is, strictly speaking, the most ambitious crossover event of all time.
2: <laughs> it all came down in Arizona town.
0: Speaking of <laughs> Arizona, Florence, Arizona is just now finding out that her baby, Nathan Arizona... I think, is gone. Correct. What what happened <laughs> to him? Abducted by aliens or something along those lines? Who knows? Don't he print was... that. <laughs> don't print that. <sighs>
2: <laughs> he, got all, he got all heated about it. He's like, don't print that. That'll make the missus whatever, whatever.
0: That'll make her sad. Just uh, say he was uh, uh, kidnapped by some fucking child rapist or something. That'll do it.
2: Goodness gracious. Yeah. I mean, that's what they had to do for the Lindbergh baby, so... Whatever. I guess that joke was like 90 years too late.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they find out that the baby's missing and they drop a $25,000 reward.
2: Mm-hmm. And they Cut, got everybody on it. They got the local police. They got the state police. They even got the federal B.I.
1: Federal B.I.
2: And I think the guy's not just the local that. B.I. Right, that's what the guy said. He knows what he's talking about. Mr. Arizona himself.
1: Ugh.
0: Can I have the last name Arizona. Or at least some other state. It's
2: pretty good, Chandler, Colorado.
1: He didn't really have it, sir. He had to change it from Nathan Huff Hines. Because who wants to buy furniture from a fucking place called Unpainted Huff Hines?
0: I sure don't. Sounds like I good mean, I sure. don't want to buy furniture from a place called Unpainted Arizona either.
1: But $25,000 reward and we cut to them in the morning. And this is that exchange I was talking about that just really tickled me. You yeah, got I hope the, it's
0: what I think it is.
1: <laughs> do tell.
0: what i wrote down and just fucking loved was the exchange between uh the two guys and and ed it's like why ain't you breastfeeding if you don't breastfeed him he'll hate you for life that's how we ended up in prison (laughs) (laughs) at least
1: that's what doc tells us and then whenever he says that he just slings cereal over his shoulder because they're just so sloppy
2: just quickly john goodman's like how come you're not breastfeeding you look more than qualified. And just that look she gives them just like, you fuckers.
1: <laughs> yeah, she uh she puts on this real spiteful accent when she talks to him too. It's really good. She doesn't talk to anyone else in the film that way. But anytime she addresses them it's always like through gritted teeth.
0: Through I mean, gritted teeth. Uh... <laughs>
1: like uh uh Hi has to explain to him that they need to leave for a little bit. Because he has company coming over, and she has to cut in through her gritted teeth.
2: We have some decent folk over. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, Jesus, Jesus Christ. <laughs> just so bitter. Well, I mean, they totally came out of nowhere. They're wanted by the police. She is the police. They have a baby they stole, so they're basically a huge wrench in their plans at the moment.
1: So they do, in fact, make themselves scarce, and the friends come over. And we're introduced to the friends by the father, whose name I, for- I, for- I, for- I forgot to write down.
0: It's a uh, uh, fucking Clyde or something like that. It starts with a C. It don't matter.
2: Man, I wanted to remember for the cast, but it escaped my mind because uh, Nick Cage has some great lines where he just like over enunciates his name later on. Oh yeah, he does. He gets all pissed.
1: So he's like, "Hey, we're gonna come on in." He's like, "All right, we'll bring the kids." And like, "Hey, kids, get away from the car!" And they turn around, and he's got like seven fucking kids beating the shit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Dude, yeah, i what... laughed at that. It was great. It was such like a, almost like Simpsons or Family Guy cutaways. Like, get away from the car! <laughs> and just, like just immediately beat the shit out of it.
0: Yeah, watching this scene, man, goddamn, children are the worst thing on the planet. Please, someone, take my balls. Please. Anybody? What? They're still here. <laughs> I'm thinking
2: that to the tune of Somebody to Love by uh, Queen.
1: Oh, so, oh, it's Glenn. Fucking Glenn.
0: Glenn. I don't know why I thought it started with a C. C is kind of like a G except with a little piece on it.
1: Yeah, because then we're we're, we're treated by, you know, the whole mother spiel where she's like you gotta get Miss Diptat and they're all freaking about the shots.
2: Yeah, and she's like, yeah, we gotta get that. Hi, when are we gonna do that? He's just like, uh, uh, mustard on my bread. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking,
1: that's one of my notes, mustard sandwiches. Amber goes, why is there
0: so much mustard? Then you gotta get that, uh, the life insurance. Uh, what if you get runned over? Yeah, hi, what if you die? What if you, what if you, and he's just like,
1: alright, honey. Whatever you say, we'll take him Tuesday. <laughs> just,
0: <laughs> yeah, he's so beat down. He's just like, I never thought of all this. Man, being a parent is exhausting.
2: <laughs> it's been like one day.
0: Not even. But, it's been, like, probably 12 hours.
1: <laughs> done. He's like, have you ever felt this overbearing weight pushing down on you when him and Glenn are out taking that talk?
2: Yeah. He's, like, talking about getting suffocated just because he has a kid literally for a day. But Glenn's like, yeah, you know, I understand, but you know how we get the pressure off? You know what? My wife thinks you're cute. I think. And Nick Cage like, wow, well, I thank you. Wait a minute. He's like, ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's if
1: if Tommy Wiseau could act.
2: Almost, yeah. He's like, like we're, a- we're swingers.
0: Talking about wife swapping.
2: Glenn, you stay away from my wife. And he's like, tries to laugh it off. He's like, Glenn. <laughs> stay away from my wife. Punched <laughs> 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 right in the face. <sighs> I'm a mile away too.
1: He's got that long reach. He's lanky.
2: His like whole body's like at an angle, just like
1: "Uh." fucking they get inside and you know, they all take off and all this shit and Ed's pissed and she goes, Well, why would you hit him? He was provoking me
2: (laughs) (laughs) I like how like that's a moment where he could absolutely explain what happened and she would be like, Oh yeah, that's weird. Whatever. But he does it but he just swallows it because he's like, Pride, this is my new life. I'm a I'm a good husband. I'm a gentleman. Yeah.
1: He was provoking me. It's not that he was saying he wanted to have sex with you in front of me.
2: And you know what he does? He bottles all that in and takes it out on the convenience store.
1: He does. He snaps. <laughs> that
2: same at the convenience store.
1: fucking starts just the hilarious run. This is so fucking good. It just starts with him getting out. He looks at her dead in the eyes. Be out directly. <laughs> 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 Walks inside. I'll be taking these here Huggies and whatever cash you got in that there register.
2: <laughs> that some bitch. He's got that the fucking some bitch,
1: and he's twirling the gun, just acting yeah. up.
2: And then and she's just in the car, boiling over. That you some bitch,
1: hurry up, cause me and the wife is in this Dutch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like after she has already like walked out of the car, screamed at him through the window.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he's like, honey, just.
2: Uh in the meantime the guy had pressed like the silent alarm so that's just going on the cops are order on the way. As she scurries off or whatever, leaving him with a panty on his head and huggies under his arm, a five oh roll up and everything start just blasting away for no fucking reason.
1: And the kid well, inside
2: anyway, I started blasting. <laughs>
1: that's exactly, exactly what happens. Just shooting at him, shooting at the huggies. Yeah, just,
2: just a big the... running gun. Yeah, even the cashier just, like, pulls out a big-ass 45 and starts fucking going to town.
1: Just that magnum unleashing, and then the fucking soundtrack kicks in. that It's so fucking good, and he's taken off down the street, and they shoot the Huggies out of his hand.
2: Yeah, there's, like, the Huggies have, like, a uh, character arc in this movie. It's ridiculous. <laughs> they
1: had a sponsorship, is what they had.
2: Oh, yeah, they did. Like, he drops Huggies. the Huggies, he... he sc- he scurries down the road, and he winds up running through some ple- uh, some person's, like, house or whatever.
1: You gotta jump <laughs> in the yard
2: <laughs> gets the dogs.
0: Fucking yeah, everywhere yeah, he, they go, uh, another dog gets added to the pile. These yeah. dogs just fucking show up. But uh, uh, I
2: forgot that the, he tried to hijack the guy's truck first.
1: Yeah, he gets hit by the truck, and then he's like, Hey, <laughs> you gonna give me your ride? he's like, Son, you got a panty on your head. Yeah.
2: <laughs> just straight up delivery.
1: He's
0: like, Just drive. Like,
1: oh, I didn't know that. Thanks for telling me, boss. Dude has to run to catch up and jump in. And at this point, we're getting chased by the cops, a bunch of dogs, the fucking cashier. And then all this is going on, and they run out of the road because they're in a cul-de-sac. And he has to hit the brakes, and he gets launched out the window of this fucking truck. And he stands up in the front lawn, and he's like, thank you, (laughs) whispering (laughs) through the pain. (laughs) These gentlemen... (laughs)
2: But seriously, safety first, kids. Buckle up. Yeah.
0: He's bonafide.
1: We get more <laughs> whenever mommy says, we're gonna go back and get him. And then you get some cute shit of Ed driving through back alleys and smashing through fences while the baby pulls the hoodie down over its face, which is 10 right. out of 10.
2: He's a cutie. Like, the he and the cops follow him through, like, the house. They go through the backyard, almost like, a uh, Ferris Mueller style or whatever. And he finally makes it to the other end of the property and he jumps down. He kind of, like, recoups with his wife and stuff. And they're in this, like, heated argument moment, right, where he, he he obviously can't win. And the whole time he's, like, giving her directions not to go home. It's just so he can scoop
0: up the fucking Huggies back so off the pavement.
1: Background back for the Huggies. It's gotta, brilliant.
0: Gotta focus on what's important. And what's important is uh, having a place for that baby to shit.
1: <laughs> Look, if you had a baby you don't understand you gotta have something to wrap that shit up in and get rid of it baby poop is fucking foul oh I don't doubt it
2: And yeah, we find that out later on when the uh, the good old boys get pooped on as they're running away with him
1: there's a movie with James Franco and the guy who plays uh, the other fella not Gale but the other guy Ebel yeah so I was like that guy's familiar I think I know who that is he's in a movie with James Franco where he's like a bad guy and he drives through a drive-thru, and he says, I want a bacon cheeseburger and a blowjob to James Franco. <laughs> <And> <laughs>
2: All right.
1: That's the only thing I cared about in that movie. But I haven't watched Raising Arizona since I had seen that. And I went, holy shit, that's bacon cheeseburger and a blowjob guy.
2: I know it's an. <laughs> <laughs> that's the moniker from that one.
1: But that's who he is to me. But, yeah, uh, they, they get back to the house and, you know, pretty much... Ed lays down the law that, you know, the two felons fellas, they got to get the heck out. H.I. has, you know, been influenced by their evil, dirty ways.
2: I like how the whole time, like, she's berating them. They have, like, a giant table worth of their food just chowing down without even asking.
1: There are beer cans everywhere.
2: Yeah, bud after bud.
1: they are, like, the most polite criminals ever. Like, the whole time she's berating he's like, yes, ma'am. Well, if we were a bad influence, we hate that we were. <laughs> it's not our intentions.
2: Yeah. I mean, they were raised right. They just didn't, you know, breastfeed or anything.
1: That's what it was.
0: And so, with we'll all this talk uh, about beer cans strewn about, you guys want to talk about something we missed last week?
1: Don't tell them. It's a secret. BillyWitchDoctor.com.
0: One <laughs> locations. I don't know where that came from, even, but, uh, yeah last week I don't know we got caught up in the fanatic so much that we just completely skipped over I was drinking uh, Oscar Blue's Cannibalist Citrus IPA which is fucking phenomenal I, I don't want to dive too deep into that I don't remember it that well <laughs> super juicy it was fantastic go drink it Cannablis Citrus IPA by Oscar Blues can't recommend it enough this week I've got it's like an orange peel. Yeah, o- orange peel, something something along those lines. Got something a little bit different this week. I got... Shit.
1: You got shit?
0: This week I've got Sierra Nevada's Coffee Stout, which uh, Sierra Nevada, I feel like, is more well-known for their pale ales, IPAs, things of that sort. Let's see how this Coffee Stout's going to be. This is the first time I've tried this, actually. Ooh, front row <laughs> seats, fellas. Yeah. Ooh, you know what this tastes like? Coffee soy sauce actually oh yeah.
2: turns out you have a <laughs> bottle of Pica man over there
1: that was, <laughs> Shit, that, oh, was that was the wrong sweet. bottle <laughs> today i'll be drinking the three trap <laughs> of <Bocchis. laughs> <Ew. It's
0: thick. laughs> you can definitely tell coffee is at the forefront of this beer it's definitely what they're aiming for uh good deep roasted malt flavor a little bit too on the nose with the coffee, though. A little bit too much coffee, even.
2: They're just trying I mean, to please these baristas.
0: I mean, it's not bad. And I do love coffee. You guys know this. I fucking love coffee. I start every day of my life with a cup of coffee. But for beer, this might be a little bit too much coffee. It's not... Uh, it doesn't have that high of alcohol content. I don't know what this actually is, but I know it's not super high. 6.2% ABV. I don't know. I would kind of prefer, like, a Founders Breakfast Out if you're gonna go that full-on coffee.
2: Rather have, like, a cup of coffee or a beer and not this?
0: I mean, yeah, probably.
2: Like, either but or? Not both?
0: Honestly, I just, like, in the back of my palate, just right at the back, I keep getting these soy sauce notes and I can't get it out of my fucking head.
1: I know what you're talking about. I've done that with different things. Not really so much this beer, but I know exactly what you're talking about. You're like, oh, this is really good. But now it tastes like this, and I don't like that so much.
0: Mm-mm. Man, now I just nope. want to fucking like go it.
2: get a roll of sushi or something. Ooh. Stand by, everybody. I <laughs> forgot to get
0: some munch.
1: Gas station sushi.
0: I mean, <laughs> all I'm saying is, if it's it Sheet's gas station sushi, I'd try it. So, um, so I'm gonna have to, like,
2: put up a thing next week, uh, this week's episode's been postponed due to
1: food poisoning please stand by so the boys don't like that you know High ain't wearing the pants in this here relationship and they tell him the sun don't rise and set on the corner grocery store and that they're gonna rob the hayseed bank for more cash than there are flies at a barbecue
0: which is a couple
1: (laughs) and that's our setup for the sad letter exposition of nicholas cage telling his wife that he's a no-good beat Nick and that they'd be better off without him.
0: Yeah, I really feel like this is the turning point of the movie. You got Nick Cage just sitting here, writing this heartfelt letter to Ed, saying, you know, he doesn't have the... the uh, I don't know what that word says. Oh, uh, writing this heartfelt letter that says that he doesn't have the character to raise the family, raise a family with the responsibility of an adult. Uh, it's it's kind of sad, but this is absolutely the turning point in the movie.
2: Well, he thinks he's like no good, but in reality, he's been... Th- in, through this entire movie thus far, like the 40 hours he's had the baby, he's done nothing but be a father figure without even him knowing it.
1: So then we get a cut of the biker <laughs> sitting outside of their trailer and turns out that he's found the baby. But he returns to uh, Nathan, Arizona down at Unpainted Lowe's. And introduces himself
0: yeah Yeah, he's he's a a bounty hunter
2: yeah he's a guy who uh, finds people and if they can't pay up that's okay someone else can pay for that person
1: mr. Leonard Smalls half hound dog
2: that's what his friends call him but he ain't got no friends
1: and I love that he's got like as this bounty hunter he's got these uh, spiels set up to make him sound tough make him sound good And Nathan Arizona immediately shuts each one down with some cynical, just, fuck you kind of thing.
2: Yeah, that southern hospitality.
1: It's pretty good. And then, you know, he's not there so much to tell him, hey, I want the twenty-five grand. He's there to negotiate price. Because he doesn't give a shit whether he gets a kid back. He's like, are you going to pay me more than it's worth on the black market? I thought that was fucking dark.
0: Yeah, like, I'm going to find your kid. But are you gonna pay me more than a fucking child rapist is gonna pay me? Because they'll pay me a lot.
2: But the guy doesn't even back down. Like, um, Mister Unpainted Arizona is like, listen, you know what? Your horse shit. I think you stole my baby, and you know what? I'm calling nine one one right now. Fuck you.
0: And I really like the line. He's like, if you want to find a Dunkin' Donuts, call a cop. <laughs> yeah. So the next thing we know, we find out that Glenn figures out from the newspaper or what that the baby in question is actually little Nathan Jr.
1: And it's going to be little Glenn Jr. because Dot wants something to cuddle. And then he does this spit scene where he's like, "Huh, <laughs> It's so fucking good!
2: I mean, that whole scene when he comes back, just kind of like stick it to uh, Nick Cage or whatever. Like, the dude's got like a neck brace, a little eye patch thing. He's all busted up where he got punched and ran into a tree just every singular muscle that nick cage moves he flinches like he just like backs right back up to his like little uh car or whatever
1: yeah because he starts almost at the base of the steps yeah. and then he ends up right in his door to his car and he's like that's right you better have that baby ready tomorrow and there's a dr bill coming i suggest you
2: pay it <laughs> just that that whole scene is just great it's like i don't even want to come in huh it's like i didn't, I didn't ask you come. to
0: Yeah, you were not invited.
1: (laughs) You weren't invited, Glenn. (laughs) Just so good,
0: Glenn. And because Glenn is a vampire, that uh, that that stops him from coming in.
1: That is true.
0: That's a twist. You didn't know that. That's a twist. Glenn's a vampire. He wants that baby for blood sucking.
1: Glenn (laughs) is in fact a Dracula. Yep. The Glenn is
0: a vampire.
1: vampire.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Benny, all right, so highest friends are in the house whenever Glenn shows up and tells the whole world that this child is actually Nathan Arizona Jr.
2: yeah he's just screaming it he doesn't care who hears him because he thinks like they're in the middle of nowhere
0: right and his friends get the right idea <laughs> it's the right idea I guess the friends are going to take the baby I don't know these friends names you guys do it's the the two friends that have been staying at the house ex-cons whatever
2: Scale. It's yeah yeah, Gale and Blowjob Yeah,
0: I guess they're not <laughs> ex-cons, they're still cons, technically. Anyway, Expedia they're gonna con. take that baby.
1: Yep, they're gonna take the baby, try to claim the $25,000 reward, right after they robbed the Hayseed Bank.
2: They're just trying to double dip their chip. Priorities. Little did they know, this little fella, he's a cutie, and he grows on him.
1: But man oh man, before they even get out of the house, that fucking trailer fight scene...
2: Oh yeah, that made no sense whatsoever. <laughs>
1: Well, like, Nick Cage is making these insane faces, and so is John Goodman, and they're both these, you know, for the size of the room they're fighting in, large men. And every time they're trying to hit each other, like, somebody will land a hit, and then they can't follow up because their follow-up, either they drag their knuckles across their ceiling, or they'll put their arm back, and it goes through a piece of drywall. It's just... Very, as you put earlier, you know, Wily Coyote style. It's so much fun.
2: It's so crazy. Like, they they punch a wall, draw back. Their elbow goes through a window. Eventually, Nick Cage gets thrown through the wall that leads to the bathroom.
0: Because that's where the Declaration of Independence is. Yeah, it is.
1: But they tie him to a chair, and they're like, We're taking this baby. Goodbye. And Nick Cage freaks out, tips himself over, and we're treated to... A really cool shot of like what you would see he's laying on the floor he sees the door open back up boots coming back in crushing all the little cheese balls and some of the beer cans aside that they you know knocked in the floor through the tussle and he reaches down and he takes the baby book and walks out the door and that's (laughs) when loses his shit he knows it's for real because they took the fucking baby
2: book and he just screams he just screams
0: you have that a lot of times in this movie just screaming screaming for the sake of screaming
2: like, this this next part happens pretty quickly, like, they, they make off with the baby, cuts back to Ed, already back at the house, he's being freed from the chair that he was tied to, Yeah. and, like, she's, like, beyond pissed. Like, she has that, like, weird woman thing where she's, like, way too focused, like, she just sees, like, ones and zeros at the moment, and Nick Cage is trying to, like, keep everything, like, in order, he's like, yeah, let's just go get him.
1: He's got that shotgun, he's like, let's go get Nathan Jr. <laughs> just <Yeah. laughs> Oh.
0: the next thing I have is they uh they rub that convenience store of diapers yep. and balloons
2: do they are they any funny shapes?
0: nope just <laughs> spherical or something like that no it's
2: no. funny yeah there <laughs> 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 It's funny
0: and
2: he's just like uh, <laughs> give me two <laughs> yeah. and by the way <laughs>
1: You kind of drop to the floor and count to a hundred and he's like, well, okay, then And he gets down there and he starts counting and They fucking take off in the car and they get you know X amount of ways away and they're like, all right I'm gonna split this money three ways. And they're like, oh, no, we left the baby
0: (laughs) Yeah, how does this kid end up just in the middle of the road?
1: Well, it was on top of the car and then they sort of drive and it fell off There's actually an audible thump Whenever it first takes off, but the baby landing right side up and perfectly safe is, you know, zero percent.
2: It's a magical kid. He does it a couple times, actually.
1: Yes, he does. I'm going to need you to get off my back about that. (laughs) 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 So, they come back, and they're screaming, and they're punching the roof of the car and all that shit, and they retrieve
2: the baby.
0: Yeah, they're just screaming the whole time, just yelling, just, and punching the roof of the car, just... Probably for like five minutes straight,
1: and it's about this time that you know the clerk is standing back up because he knows he ain't got to really count to a hundred. And
0: no, and he th- was supposed to count to like eight hundred and thirty-seven, and he got to like seven sixteen, and he was like, Oh to hell with this." He stands back up and he's like, Oh they're coming. Fuck, I better start counting again."
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Warm Mississippi,
2: we better get out here fast. I don't know how far that old fellow can count."
1: And then we get, like, a real dark moment of, uh, Ed talking to Hi, and she's basically saying, you know, if they get back the baby, you know, well, if they don't get the baby back, she don't know if she wants to go on living. And if they do get the baby back, she doesn't know if she wants to go on living with High. I was like, shit. Suicide or divorce, man. It's a lose-lose.
2: It's just the look on Nick Cage's face where he just realizes how fucking serious she is. It's just yeah. like, wow. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Let's get the kid.
1: <laughs> so now, you know, Gale and Ebel are over there at the uh, the bank and they're gonna rob it. This is so good. Okay. They come in...
0: It's... Oh my god. The it's, it's, bank. I love this scene. This scene was It's good. a good
2: scene. I was just like annoyed by it because I was just like, I can see this actually happening. You know, as a robber, I'm just like,
0: alright. <laughs> <laughs> this straight up comes off as like a Family Guy scene. But it's good.
2: I know it's good. But, but no, I was just like,
0: fuck. Alright. <laughs> so they go into this place and, you know, it's crowded with all these uh, all these farmers getting their checks. Freeze and get down on the ground! Well, which is it?
1: <laughs> you want us to freeze or you want us to get down on the ground? We can't rightly do both.
2: <laughs> oh like, my god. There's a lot in this movie it. is Delmar.
1: Oh, nice. <laughs> then he's like, oh my god, where did the tellers go? And he's like... <laughs>
0: Back
1: here. You, sir? Gail, they're back there. He's like, you're supposed to use a code name. He's like, that is your code name. He's like, yeah, that's right. We're using code names. Uh, About to begin this robbery in proper.
2: And the uh, the tailor finally gets up and starts stashing the cash in their little rucksack. She sneaks one of those little uh, ink explosion things in the bag without them knowing. It's
1: fucking huge.
2: I mean, it looked like she had five kills already, and that was a print. Pretty-
1: so. <laughs> so they get their money they take off they're like we got the baby we're gonna do this and guess what they left that baby again
0: the baby ends up in the middle of the road again fucking somehow
1: but this time the paint bomb goes off boom turns these guys into two blue brothers they done blue themselves
2: uh, uh, these are both references I understand
0: <laughs> oh Blues brothers hey that was good <laughs> Report over on the side of the road.
1: Nick Cage comes running up along with Ed, and they got guns, and they open the door. And John Goodman's lines
0: here are so good, he's going, God
1: damn it, hi, ain't we got enough to contend with? <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fucking Road Warrior comes up and scoops up the kid.
2: Yeah, he arrives via explosion. How else?
0: Yep.
1: Just a fucking grenade goes off, and that weird... <laughs> angelic music starts playing, and... Nick Cage is having a, another narration
0: exposition. Oh, done.
2: <laughs> like, I love that moment because Ed's like, who's that? And she, and he's like, you can see him, too? <laughs>
0: yeah, like, <laughs> like he's all been a part of his, like, a figment of his imagination from here on out.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> They're fucking racing to grab the baby. And he's got, like, his arm all down, like, all gnarled, ready to scoop it up as he drives by all fast.
2: Well, he picks him up. And everything. They get into like this little scuffle or whatever. It's so but it's just so yeah. wacky and just like weird.
0: Yeah, there's like shotguns and grenades and shit and then you get uh Nick Cage coming off like hacksaw Jim Duggan, hitting him with a board. Hello! Yeah.
2: <laughs> and like now he's got like throwing knives or whatever and he All just cool. catches it with the so board, he start, and he's like,
0: dang, that's he cool. starts, shit. like kung fu kicking him. Road warriors done doing some kung fu kicking. It's yeah. pretty
1: good because Nicolas Cage is so outmatched that once he sees that, you know, hitting him with the board didn't end it, he's like, oh, no. What
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Nobody laughs> now? <laughs> he just takes his whooping.
1: He does, and then he's getting, like, the bear hug of doom.
2: Okay, this moment here. Was this movie trying to allude to something? Because that guy does have the same tattoo as yeah, Nicolas Cage. Know. Cancer, was it, like, his dad or yeah. something?
1: And they have a moment. Yeah. Like, I thought, the like, same when thing.
0: he was, I, I-, I thought he was gonna say, like, hey, I got the same tattoo. What yeah, a coincidence. Like when he
2: the ground? I thought he was gonna like shore up his arm sleeve and just like, Hey look, Rose.
1: Because after he tore it off he was like, I'm sorry and like he was like you weren't supposed to see it.
0: Yeah, he rips one of the pins out of the grenades that's strapped to this guy's chest. Then you know, grenades do what grenades do. The last yeah. ten minutes before they explode.
1: <laughs> he became a crispy boy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He pretty much became microwave popcorn at that time.
2: Oh, he went from the road warrior to road kill.
1: Ah, I, see. I like that. So, after he explodes and all these bits are falling all over the place, which is pretty graphic, it's like the hum- a hunk of meat inside of a boot, yeah. and then these little bronze baby boots hit the ground, and there's, like, crying, and I didn't get that.
2: That's what I'm saying, like, is there more to this? It's like, Is there, like, some kind of, like, um, short story see? somewhere? Yeah, well, yeah, because something else like, cut out.
1: Were those Nicholas Cage's baby boots?
0: That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, is that his pops? Come on, Joel and or Ethan, get at us. We need answers. Yeah,
2: it's been far too long, sirs.
1: I'm just gonna Google it right after this because I
2: need to know now. Actually, hang tight. Think Google can
0: tell us something that Joel and Ethan Cohen can't?
2: All it is is just like an argument to where they were possibly either father and son. Or they were um, orphaned brothers. Because uh, early on in the film it's mentioned that uh, his parents had already died. All
0: right. So why would two brothers that have been obviously living apart from each other for their entire lives... Why would they just, for whatever reason, end up with the same tattoo? They Plus, were that tattoo papers? didn't come from birth. Magic. It's not fucking uh, Adventures of Pete and Pete where you're just born with <laughs> a tattoo.
1: It could have been one of those things to where, you know... Their parents had been dead at a young age, and the only thing they really got to share was the Woody Woodpecker show, and it was something that stuck with both of them.
2: There you go. Or it could just be like the tattoos that um, JB and uh, Kyle had on their asses, in the pick of destiny.
0: I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a prequel to this. Just Arizona?
1: <laughs> Not in Arizona yet. Uh, it's just called the Maricopa Maximum Security Correctional Facility for Men. <laughs>
0: Raising Utah?
1: <laughs> this fella blows up and they feel Nobody like sure it's time does. to do the right thing. Return the baby. But they're not very quiet about it and they get caught. And there's this big heart, you know, wrenching back and forth why they did it this, that, and the other. Some, you know, more exposition things, a way to tie up loose ends. But there's something that I just wanted to talk about. Nathan comes in there with a gigantic fucking wire-style revolver that whenever he sees the baby is in the crib, he walks over and reaches down with both hands yeah. in the direction of the child. He's now pointing this fucking loaded weapon at an infant. He then, when later discussing the uh, you know reward for bringing back the baby, lays the loaded gun in the crib with the child and leaves the child unattended.
2: Through the whole movie, he didn't seem very broken about losing a kid to begin with, so...
0: He's got plenty more.
2: He, yeah. He
0: was probably relieved. He was like, four is less than five. Or at least yeah. that's what they taught me back in Texas.
1: Yeah, because he gave me, you know, you all stole my baby. I don't really give a shit. You all seem like good people. Take the baby. Fuck it. I like y'all.
2: <laughs> yeah. No harm, no foul.
1: Yeah, just don't split up whatever you do. Sleep on it.
0: Yeah, he talks about, uh... They're breaking up because they're both selfish and re- unrealistic. He's like, well, you brought the kid back. You can't be that selfish.
2: True. I like how he was very, like, harrowing. And then he's like, now, leave the way you came. Like, you fuckers.
0: Out <laughs> he just the turns the light on and leaves yep. <laughs> the get shit. Get back out through that window. Which, after all this time, we've still left unlocked.
1: And completely accessible by a ladder. <laughs> that right. we never... Yeah.
0: Unlike the windows at his workplace, which are completely sealed
2: and climate-controlled. Yeah. Anywho, so the baby's back. They have a little bit of a moment, and it kind of cuts back to Nicolas Cage and uh, Ed in bed. They're just kind of sleeping it off, and instead of having these like ridiculous uh, Ghostwriter dreams or whatever, he finally has a dream of the future.
1: Yeah, he gets to see the Arizona home on Christmas, and really seem like some creepy stalker parents with delusions of grandeur.
2: <laughs> I mean, it was it was kind of, uh, it was kind of neat, like, you know, they love the kid, even though, given the situation, definitely need to talk to a therapist. Oh, But, sure. yeah, it was just like, oh, what if, like, we had an impact on his life, you know, as he's getting older, he's playing football, he's got a family of his own. It's, you know, it's kind of... Kind it's, of...
1: It's endearing.
2: Yeah, and it's endearing. But, like... Like I said earlier, the more you think about it, the more it kind of falls apart, because I think these people were just crazy.
0: Yeah, because... you got all things coming back to right, just like they reverse stole the baby. You got their (laughs) two friends reversed escaping (laughs) from prison. You know, everything is... Everything's falling back into place.
1: Yeah, the universe is as it should be. But I do enjoy that Nick Cage goes, I don't know. You tell me. Was it all just wishful thinking? And then... You know, it starts up with all that shit again.
2: So, I had vaguely remember seeing this movie in the past, but watching it again, I really like this movie. It's not perfect. It's definitely like they haven't quite grounded their or honed their skills yet. There's just buckets or tons of charm in this movie that no matter how many felonies Nick Cage commits, I'm just like, yeah, man, you get it.
0: This is like the Coen brothers before they had to smooth out their edges to make things a little bit too perfect for like the the oscar audience now these days everything they put out is fucking oscar bait which i love the coen brothers but this is i feel like a little bit more of them at their most authentic
2: Uh, i'll be honest
0: this was my first time that i've seen this i fucking love this movie
2: so it was like before they got full of themselves yeah maybe
1: see i'm glad that you enjoyed this chandler i've watched this since i was fucking little and the soundtrack was it drew me in the zany action always like kept me watching the the dialogue for the characters is so well written and so you know above the norm of what you would expect for these types of things
0: yeah in this movie for this kind of movie the dialogue is so fucking good
2: maybe it's another talent of the coen brothers they just know how to pick actors and actresses as well because i feel like i can't see anybody else in those characters shoes
1: I can agree with you on that. They they do their roles flawlessly.
2: Yeah, like they are them. It's like there's no in between.
1: Yeah, until you know Nick Cage became like a you know caricature of himself. Anytime anyone said his name, this is how I thought of him. <laughs> but yeah, I've always I've always loved this fucking movie. I I think it's well written. Uh, there's tons of people. You know, not tons of people. There's tons of shots. For you know there's film buffs out there like you know one of the ones that I mentioned was where he's just laying on the floor and you get to see the feet come in and squishing all the stuff up it's such a really well put up scene like the way that you see it and how the crunch is there I don't know there's a lot of sensory to it I like it
2: there's a lot of good cinematography in this movie I do agree um I I noticed that they tried to do I'm not saying they didn't achieve it but they were trying a lot of cool stuff especially like in the little meeting scene between uh, Arizona And Smalls or whatever, like, he's got his, like, legs propped up on the desk and that, like, light pouring through the blinds behind him. I was like, okay, that's simple, but it's super effective. I enjoy that.
0: My favorite visual shot is when they're actually, uh, you've got Smalls, the road warrior, whatever we're calling him. Uh, the (laughs) fight between him and Nick Cage, and Nick Cage is crawling under the car and he starts getting drugged out and you just see... Mm.
2: I feel like that's a mirror, because that exact same shot and setup was used earlier when he was crawling under the baby thing to, you know, catch all of them. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm trying to say it's a good-ass movie.
0: (laughs) This is is. a good-ass movie, honestly. Like, I've seen just about everything else that the Coen brothers have put out, and it's all good, but this is, in my opinion, the most Coen brothers movie that I've seen thus far.
2: Yeah, I mean, what other film team can get away with calling a movie Hudsucker? these guys <laughs> <laughs> on that note that was raising arizona from 1987 if you have any strong feelings leave them in the comments below
1: make sure you get out there and you follow us on all of our different social media platforms we'll get that instagram twitter facebook
0: make sure you hit that thumbs up subscribe like do some other things uh so you know next time we got a uh, another one of these things uh going you know
2: see you in the thunderdome
0: Man, we got through that whole cast without telling a Pollock joke. <laughs> <laughs>